Welcome to FIDE, um, the foundation for intentional decisions. My name is Jens Rinnelt. I'm joined with my colleague uh, Stella Nordahl. And today we would like to talk about the intentional decision model in itself. Um, we had two previous sessions already uh, where we talked about the tree metaphor uh, as a model for complexity as a metaphor for describing complexity um, and a metaphor for choosing life-affirming um, uh, systems. Um, we also had in, in the first session uh, we looked at the uh, and the history of ideas if we can say it like this the history that led towards a dualistic worldview um, and we found at least one different way of, of looking at this division um, where we realized maybe there is no distinction or the um, describing the world in this uh, dualistic world worldview is actually incongruent in itself so it's actually by measuring something on the outside with just external um, uh, ways of measuring it It is actually a, a loophole. It is a basically basically a circular argumentation, and therefore it is uh, doubtful if it's uh, actually valid. Um, Stella, do you have anything that you um, would like to add to this uh, quick summary? Uh, no, I think it was a good summary, and I would like us to. Uh, before we go into the intentional decisions in in um, more specific, uh, actually come back to the th the previous uh, models that we were and, and the, the dialogues that we had. So we will deepen them a little. Um, first of all, I I would like I would actually like to do a personal reflection on this. Um, I think it's uh, appropriate always to have some some kind of a. Yeah, we can call it personal reflection. And um, the thing I'm thinking of is that I've had an extreme intense weekend. Um, and of course you can think of it as something that is from outside in, as we uh, talked about. But it could also be from inside out. Uh, for many people, uh, intense means stress. And uh, I can admit that there have been... Uh, some occasions during this weekend that were in terms of stressfulness, but most of it wasn't that at all. It was intense. 
Sorry, but and, and when, then one can think of how can there be different descriptions of, of what is happening? And one is that you actually only experience it as different from each other. But I would also say that is also what you put out. So the, yeah, in, in lack of better word, the energy in the room, uh, it's, an, it's affecting everyone. It's also affecting the, the causality. So this is actually what, what I want to have as a personal reflection, first of all, that I, I must say we have had an, a very interesting causality this weekend where things have opened up. We have uh, experienced so many uh, thoughtful ideas, inspirational uh, uh, dialogues uh, from all over the world, from people from, yeah, with, from different thought models also, th thought systems or worldviews. So that's um, that's interesting in itself, and that's my personal reflection that I want to take in. But maybe we can come back to that reflection uh, during the dialogue to see how it applies on on different stuff. Is that okay? Um, I can also uh, give a small reflection on on how I experienced this weekend so far, and uh, I mean, besides being super grateful and and <laughs> I mean. What what these co-creators, what you guys here have have created, uh, we have create uh, is is just <laughs> I'm f having trouble finding words actually. It, it has been uh, fantastic and it it has been beyond my expectations uh, to be honest. So I'm I'm super grateful for that. First of all, uh, we have created eighty hours of of uh, live content. We had over fifty different concepts uh, like you said we had more than 100 people from all over the world co-creating this uh, weekend together um, finding ways for that are in the direction that is best for the world mm. and of course we, we have been you can say it has been intense um, I mean I would describe my own personality as, as really more calm uh, attitude and I, what I've heard also from from many people is that that after they have in, engaged with me or you know had spent some time with me, they have calmed down as well. So uh, picking up on on what you said is like, what energy do I bring into the room? What do I bring to the table, so to say? And how is this really affecting other people in the room? Uh, that that has always been a very fascinating. Um, pattern for me to to observe mm. yeah and uh, uh, when when things are joyful it's always uh, more fun <laughs> a colleague of mine uh, he says that, yeah, it has to be joyful but to be to be uh, when you have fun otherwise it's it's not uh, funny <laughs> <laughs> so or something like that so it's quite interesting uh, yes um, okay so what I want us to do now is to recall what the ideas that we have been talking for. And first of all, we um, we started out, uh, just as you said, by uh, talking about the history of ideas uh, leading to the uh, worldview and the Western worldview we have today. And we were uh, actually looking at, uh, we were painting this little picture here. It says uh, a mental pole and a physical pole. And it implies that there is a liner model um, and that is called the inner and outer. So in this uh, case, the behavior and actions is the outer world 
and then it's divided by this green uh, line, and then beliefs and thoughts are uh, in the inner world. This is much more. Um, yeah, this is what we have been taught, and we have not only be been taught this; it's actually what we believe is as a it's a true truth. And this is a truth that came into the the Western world 300 years ago, as Descartes uh, stipulated. I think, therefore, I am, and created the the so-called uh, uh, Descartian dualism. And uh, we talked about what it does to people and, and uh, societies and organizations. And uh, 150 years ago or so, it it uh, it. Uh, uh, during the industrialization became very so to say one-sided <laughs> so we we, um, we got to value the outer world which uh, according to to Descartes is um, the the measurable that what we can measure so what we what's talking we're talking about there in that program was that this has to in itself has to has uh, it has some kind of a innate problem as we are calling it an inner and outer it uh, uh, some kind stipulates a spatial difference and it separates us so that was the conclusion of the first part of that program and and the second part of it was uh, what if we can find a non-liner model for um, uh, being able to talk about life and complex systems and organizations and and uh, also uh, societies and then we um, introduced the the tree metaphor and maybe you can say something about it and, and um, what I'm showing right now for you who are not uh, listening or you're following the uh, or if you are listening to the radio and not following the YouTube uh, live uh, this is uh, what it looks like um, so basically we have four trees the tree metaphor yeah so it is one tree <laughs> we have been drawing a lot of trees on this weekend and uh, have been uh, being quite in contact with mother earth so i'm already seeing a whole forest um but looking specifically as at one tree as a metaphor for uh this uh yeah a metaphor for the complexity of life and a non-linear model of uh, making sense of the world is to consider the holistic uh, aspects of a tree. And we have divided, it's not the right word, but we, we used some categorization here in order to just talk about the different aspects of a tree. Yeah, different functions. Different functions, exactly. So what you can see is... Uh, on the left hand side is a personal and individual um, function and on the right hand side you can see the organizational collective or yeah, societal function um, and then when you look at the tree what you normally would pursue as uh, perceive as standing above the ground the more observable part of uh, of the tree um, is basically the uh, exterior uh, perception and then when you look below the surface into the uh, soil you see the roots which is the interior functions of a tree mm. and um, for those who have um, 
ever uh, taken up a tree or removed a tree um, it is uh, quite big it's uh, the double size as we can see so this is um, a, a, a nice metaphor uh, uh, as you just um, w walked us through it what what we can um, that we can perceive more than we can see and um, there are a lot of arrows there and you, yeah, they mean that we need to connect the the various functions in the tree and when they are connected it's uh, also whole and the tree doesn't separate it from itself so if you cut it uh, uh, along the surface it doesn't say now you cut off my stem or and and uh, and um, um, I will live cr on crown or uh, yeah the crown on stem and, and and then it says now I die or now you cut off my root and root system now I die so it dies uh, yeah whenever there's a function missing yeah the whole system suffers basically the whole system suffers and and it also connected and in the in the tree overall uh, all places in the tree the whole tree exists so this is a um, fantastic model for talking about complex systems and also for connecting them to each other so it can have a personal side an organizational side a societal side and a world side so uh, we use this uh, um, uh, to describe life or or an organization or a society and when we had gone through that the next program was dedicated to talk about uh, consciousness levels and and, and uh, how you can look at uh, the tree model and and also connect it to the line the liner model that we uh, have been taught and uh, then we have this forest then so uh, now it's time for the forest, uh, Jens. <laughs> Will you walk us through this too? Yes. So basically what we see is is four trees. And the trees are whole in, in all the description. However, they differ in the way that if you start on the right-hand side, you are only perceiving the crown of the tree. And that means this specific kind of tree, if it looks towards all the rest of the forest, towards the other trees, it will only perceive uh, the crown of the tree as well. It doesn't mean the rest of the tree doesn't exist. It is more that uh, you will only perceive the other trees uh, at the level of the crown. Mm. Uh, we also denominated um, it the what. Exactly. Mm. So this is the what level. Mm. Um, and that tree, it's uh, we also had that name for that uh, tree. It's called the physical me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you uh, elaborated a lot on this uh, earlier today in, in another program. Can't you just uh, give us the name of the program you were uh, hosting earlier? Was it today? Yeah, I guess it was. About... Uh, the reinventing framework and uh, workplace. Uh. You may are talking about the evolution of work? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the, <one>. <laughs> <laughs> the evolution of work. Yeah, and an example basically would here be um, if you if you are a little bit familiar with the development of work, that it would be the physical aspect of work. So where we use mainly our hands to create value. Um, these are examples, for example, in, in classical tribal uh, hunter-gatherer societies, uh, in the agricultural um, 
revolution, but also in the industrial revolution where physical hands on an assembly line are actually the main focus and the main uh, yeah, and the source of cre- and the value creation. Wheels in the machinery mm-hmm. and, and, the, uh, yeah, and all, all the mechanical parts. Right? Exactly. So um, the next tree then, uh, we, we went through that too, the formal we tree. Uh, it has new abilities. Yes, it basically gains a level and we denominated this level as the how level. Um, it connects, uh, it is described also as the formal we um, and we because it makes relationships between um, trees or uh, maybe more specifically between people uh, observable. So that means if this kind of tree looks towards the other trees it sees again the what and the how level um, in the other trees mm. and um, both of those are um, only ab- have the only the ability to perceive um, physical things that are seen and measured in, in time and space mm. length bre- length width uh, height and so on yeah, maybe an example for, from a social network perspective would be how many friends you have on Facebook. You know, there you have the relationship towards another uh, person. So that is what I'm referring to as as the relationship. And what you're saying, it makes this relationship visible because now a relationship is uh, displayed at in form of having a friend on Facebook. Okay, okay. Nice, uh, <laughs> n- n- nice explanation. So um, now I know how Facebook relates to this model. That's great. Uh, okay, so um, and then we walked uh, over an uh, invisible line, or for many people, uh, when y- when you do that, it's actually when when you uh, you get you get aware of your own. You be- you become conscious of your own consciousness, so to say. Um, this is the line where not only what you see exists, there is also more to it than just the measures, measurable world. Uh, and then we, we move over this invisible, uh, but also sharp line. Yeah, and maybe that's the issue with Facebook, uh, <laughs> because it only creates connections, but it doesn't you know, have a deeper meaning. Uh, which is actually the essence of the creative together tree, uh, which has the third level of uh, why. And as you said, it understands the context of why do we exist, why do we, why is this tree actually in the forest, and what specific uh, role has this tree to play in relation to the rest of the forest. Yes, and... and um and as they now can see o- also the whys, it, it can also see that there is a why even on on the on the f- more physical side uh, of, of this uh, model. Or we shouldn't use those word maybe, but more the the first three, the physical me and the formal we. So you can actually from the creative together see how they have some kind of a uh, driving force. Maybe they are aware of it, but very most often they're not. And then, as from created together uh, perspective uh, or perception, you can actually see those uh, driving forces. 
Yeah, it is more like uh, maybe these driving forces are mirrored to you uh, because they are represented in, in the other trees. Even though, as you said, the other tree is maybe not conscious or aware of of these driving forces themselves. Oh, that's right. And then we have the fourth tree uh, we have denominated as, uh, given the name Conscious United. And, um, well, what do you, what can we say about it then? Well, at least that it has another level, which is the root level. Um, and, and for the current understanding, it makes the tree whole. Um, uh, as you said, this is uh, uni- uh, described as conscious united and it is uh, basically the same pattern as before if this tree looks into uh, the forest it sees and and all these four levels are mirrored back to this tree mm. so uh, and at this point you you actually uh, you become aware that that uh, everyone can maybe now that can see this on YouTube, you see this in the bottom of everything of the picture, it says choice. And for you, our listenings, uh, this is actually what we're going to talk about today, uh, the, the choice and, and uh, the intentional decision model. And uh, at that point, you realize that your choices is not only in, in the... Um, physical what and how, it's also in the metaphysical why and root. So you can actually choose your way of looking at the world. That means that it's a choice where you actually define your or where you put yourself in this little forest. And it, at some point, I don't know exactly where, maybe that was when we already crossed this thin line. Maybe that was already then that we got humble for um, that we don't have the truth. <laughs> we just have see parts maybe of it or uh, whatever we can call it and that also means that it um, it could there could be a fifth or a sixth or whatever number three and three in in this uh, wood uh, so um, you realize when you when you cross this line which which we say being conscious of about your own consciousness that there is more than what we can see yeah and what we can also realize at this point i guess is that having a physical pole and a mental pole doesn't really come together anymore because this would be a contradiction in itself if if you think about it and and uh, and say well either the world is materialistic or the world is is uh, metaphysical you have a problem because one of the options can't be true so Mm. And and mm. I've never it, of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. it must be either or. Mm. So either you, it is totally physical, then we have no validation and, and we shouldn't actually have experiences and thoughts, or it is totally mental, uh, totally uh, metaphysical, mm. uh, but then how could we explain physical objects that we interact with, which, with every day? Mm. So it is more... What I'm trying to get at here is that we can also see a direction, as you described, a direction of how can a physical object exist in a metaphysical universe. And that is where um, I would describe it as 
and and that is something we talked about before the the, the dynamic the metaphysical uh, becomes densed at some point in a specific mm-hmm. time and place in in history and therefore creates a yeah we can look at the men- this uh, liner model again um uh, just to recall it we had the green line separating the decartian dualistic worldview uh, but then there is this black line um and that is actually connected to um an alternative um definition of the inner and outer world which we also had in the first uh, program so i just show uh, to people uh, what it's all about uh, the idea here is that the inner world is the dynamic world and the outer world is the static world and then the question was to ourselves uh, can our behavior um, be both dynamic uh, or can they be, be dynamic and, and or <laughs> static and we realize yes they can can the thoughts be dynamic or static Yes, they can. Can the beliefs by be dynamic and static? Yes, they can. And the interesting thing with this is that either it's actually dynamic or it's static. Okay, it can be like a, a direction to uh, going to static or direction going to dynamic, but it's more like there is a distinct line, just as Descartes was looking for a distinct line. It has to be a definition with it which is solid. Uh, because you can't uh, drift on it, uh, and that is actually what is uh, also happening. If you, ha- you stick with this the Cartesian dualism, uh, you can now ask yourself: uh, Can thoughts be measured, and so on? But to get rid of that problem, we could use another definition. If we need an outer and out, uh, inner and outer world, um, this is a more appropriate, I would say, uh, definition because we already have physical and metaphysical as a description for for. Um, uh, this um, the tree. So um, we leave this uh, liner model now for a while, and uh, the next step will then be uh, to to elaborate on on the intentional decision model. And for that purpose, we have uh, set up here in the room <laughs> a new little board here. Um, which you all can see if I shift to, to this view. So here is a board, uh, and the idea now is to stepwise go through uh, the intentional decision model and see how it is actually the same as the little forest that we were visiting before. So uh, first of all, I would like to uh, write a word. I write it here. It says empathy. And I write over here sympathy okay so there is a question first then is empathy and sympathy the same thing this is a very interesting uh, question actually which I've been asking I don't know how many people during the years Um, and the idea here is that a lot of people haven't reflected on this so um, First of all, is there a difference or is it the same? After a while, we can conclude, okay, it maybe not is the same. So what is what then? Uh, and then I, I would often describe sympathy as feeling sorry, sorry, sorry for. Um, for instance, Jens, if, if you cry, uh, you sit there in, in, your, oh, sorry, in, in your chair and you cry, I cry with you. It could be good-hearted, but it hasn't got any... Uh, what shall I say, 
uh, intent of understanding what what why you are uh, sorry, what, what what is troubling you, and and uh, definitely not uh, the intent of having a solution for it. So uh, it could be very uh, very good-hearted. I will I would say I, I could sit uh, besides you and cry together with you, and. Um, if you are being a little tough on it, one could say that I'm actually amplifying the the context or the uh, the state you're already in. Mm. You were going to say something here. No, I, I was exactly leading to this because this would be sympathizing by taking exactly the same level of energy or getting into the same state as I am. And then sometimes this is helpful sometimes this is uh but but as you said i see it more also from the perspective of it amplifies already what is there so it, it is not n not in any way trying to change what is there not in any way trying to think about how can we get out of this um, and i'm saying this is uh, what we heard also in in in, in many of these programs it is kind of a place of acceptance. So it has its value. We're not saying it doesn't have its value, but we're also saying uh, there is something beyond simply sympathizing and putting yourself in the same state as, as somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and uh, if we look at it again, uh, as you say, that it has to, maybe it has to do with acceptance. What I would also say, it depends on where you are in, in the, this forest. So. If you are in uh, in on the sympathy level uh, concerning um, acceptance, it is what you have to accept more like uh, resignate to what is. It's very physical. You have to at best relate to to this again outer world because that's the worldview that we're talking about. Okay, so sympathy. Uh, while mentioning then empathy as something as an ability, ability to understand another another person or another point of view uh, and to put yourself in that, we can call it person for a while, but it's, the model doesn't say it has to be persons, it could be uh, any conscious agent at all. Uh, it could even be a future you. Uh, so empathy is about the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And when you think of that, it actually has two main functions. One of these functions is um, uh, that you can, how can I say it, uh, you can understand out from, uh, hmm. let me put it like this, the physical understanding, put yourself in someone else's shoes, make, makes you walk their miles. Uh, you're walking in them, so you have a physical feeling of it. But it's also, um, not only that, it's also uh, the ability to put yourself there. That is fantasy, more or less, or dreaming, or, or whatever you can call it. You're, you're not physically putting yourself in the shoes of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're not. But you have to use your own fantasy, you have to own your yeah, you imagination. Use imagination, fantasy, but when you do it, it's, it is like you walking their oh. shoes. So there is, as you said before, there, there is no difference in... in 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 um, in it so uh, and and the interesting thing here is that when when we use that kind of definition it goes way beyond how we look at empathy uh, in today's western society empathy is then seen as feeling feeling another person's 
um, feelings and understanding where it's coming from and not in the dominant uh, world view, not in the dominant yeah no. but but we're taking it from there via what you just said and up until the next step which means dreaming as you know the lucid dreaming is you have maybe um, some sometimes very a lot of people have very lucid dreams without actually reflecting on what that means but that means that you are physically present in that dream and in that dream there is no time and uh, space but at the same time there is time and space so you can put yourself in another time in another space and you have physical feeling of it very often small kids they they are so close to it so when they play they don't play it's real it's reality as we know it so there is no difference in in in, in it so it's just a, a way of uh, using words mm. so um okay we should write two more words while we have the while we have the board up And the words are proactivity and reactivity. Did I spell it right? T activity. Yes. This should be a V. Hmm. Uh, okay, so proactivity and reactivity. So okay, so first of all, reactive. We all get reactive, so it doesn't it doesn't imply that you don't get reactive. Okay, so reactivity. If you if we if we study that word, it's it's to be a step behind, right? Something has happened, and you have to react. While proactivity is to be a step ahead. You're taking, so to speak, the lead or something. Is that a uh, okay definition for you? You're thinking, or I see it. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. Um, I was thinking of if it always implies that reactivity is related to something physical, you know. It is, I think, most no, 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 often no. used in that context, mm. but I don't think uh, it has to be only related to it. Um, but to give an example, maybe, is the reactivity towards the coronavirus right now. So we are reacting on on this situation and direction can be in, in different ways. Mm. Yeah, I, I do agree there. And um, when we talk about uh, uh, the difference between proactivity and reactivity, very often we, we, we think of it being a step uh, behind or a step uh, in front. But we will see uh, in a while in this model that it brings more to the table, actually. Uh, it brings more to the table. Okay, so we, we can also say that empathy, sympathy, and proactivity, reactivity, in the wordings of the ID model, it's called dimensions. Uh, we will also use the word guiding principles uh, later on, but so you know that it's the same in, in this context. But we can use the name uh, or denomination um, dimensions for a while. And then there is the third dimension, so I'm going to write that too. And the first word is engagement. And the second one is attendance. Yes. So it's about both the personal level, of course, and the organizational level, group level, or even a societal level. So attendance means to be, if we call it physical present, period. 
<laughs> so, and uh, engagement is to engage, to engage, and engagement very often implies that you have to be more than one. It doesn't have to, as if you look at it from a personal level, but it can also be uh, engagement as uh, working together. So together is uh, something that is similar almost, and. What we now have is three dimensions, empathy, uh, sympathy, proactivity, reactivity, and engagement, attendance. Uh, but we also have another grouping, uh, more or less. Um, you can see the three words over here and the three words over here. It's not that they are synonyms in any way, but they are in the same spirit. So uh, if I can draw... Uh, this is just imaginary, but you can use your imagination here to to see that there is. Oh, I now realize I have to use the same pressure. Okay, so what we can see now is that we have more or less two, and this is just just for imagination. So you shouldn't like categorize uh, things into this, but it's more like directions but it's interesting to see it that they are related so on the uh, on the right hand side sympathy reactivity and attendance it's actually put puts us in in a victim mode uh, you are a victim of circumstances can you even read what it says um, yes, I can, mm. and uh, you just said it. Yeah, but but is it readable? Because now I use the same, a little bit bigger mm. letters. Uh, so on the left-hand side, we can call it creator mode or creator possibilities. Uh, so it's more or less two very different worldviews. Either you live your life just for now I use it outside in or you connect the, the inner and outer world and the interesting here is that what the, the model itself says it has one very fundamental assumption and that is that there is always a choice so I write choice down here somewhere to do either this or this but think of it as directions for a while it almost looks as this i wrote choke but it says choice <laughs> <laughs> okay so to be able to to choose you uh, you have to have a, a ground a stable ground of some in some sort uh, we can write that also so we have that on 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 the board here it says resources So you need some kind of uh, resources, and it doesn't have to be physical. <laughs> it can be all parts of, uh, of all function, all types of resources. Mental. Uh, it could be uh, physical. It could be uh, you have to have water. You have to have food. You have to have sleep. But it could also be you have to have calmness or energy or whatever. It, and and uh, when we talk about uh, a group of people or a society, it's also about interrelations how how what is the quality of the relations we have mm. 
You want to say something there? Yes. No, I think you're leading through this uh, <laughs> in, a, in a very understandable way. So uh, far, so good. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm engaged uh, by mm. by reflecting and thinking about it, mm. um, but nothing that I that I can add at this point. Uh, besides that, that there are different ways of, of course, in getting into these uh, uh, creating these resources, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Some of them we have also have in had in the program during the the weekend. Mm. Um, and maybe this is already leading us to the next point. Yeah, it does. Because then you can think of, okay, so instead of uh, thinking of uh, what do I need and what do I, ha what do I lack or whatever, you can think of what do we already have. So in this direction, uh, what, now I use word as processes, tools and stuff like that, um, what takes us uh, in that direction? So uh, maybe I can make it a little bit more clear, so something like that. What takes us in this direction? What what process do we have? What tools do we have? What concepts do we have? And then the same in this directions, because if we if we see that there is uh, some kind of a, I wouldn't say good or bad, but if there are some things that we find interesting in, in moving in, in this direction, then let's find out what we already have and let's uh, boost boost those kind of setups. And if we can also use this model to, to identify the, those who are uh, holding us back or uh, taking us uh, into a, a victim mode, what if we can maybe shut them down, or at least uh, minimize the effect of it? So this is uh, quite interesting in itself, I guess. And we can also talk about choices. There is, of course, always a, a question is, do you always have a choice? And uh, just to elaborate on that very, very short, uh, I would say that uh, this model says that there is always a choice but it's maybe not that you're unaware of it. So it has to do about uh, awareness in some sense, and it also has uh, to do with uh, the consciousness level, uh, because the more, the higher consciousness level you are in, and this is where we relate to those trees, uh, the more you can, the more choices you can see. So what happens here is that, first of all, and now I use those, uh, uh, drawings that we had on the on the previous uh, the previous uh, pictures. First, when you when you're about to choose, if you come from this direction for a while, this this has oops, this hasn't to do with uh, with each other. Uh, see if I can. Now it's much much to hold. Okay, so first of all, um, you you want uh, possibilities. You want, you want many possibilities, right? One can think of it as you would like to have uh, a dynamic state here. You want many possibilities. And you wouldn't like to have the one who says, uh, we already tested that, or uh, we have done that before, or no, it's not possible, or anything like that. That would basically 
be what you described as uh, you only perceive as this is the only way so and maybe in that regard it seems like you don't have a choice because you're only aware of one way forward exactly exactly so uh, at the first part of the first third of of, uh, of uh, the process of choosing you want uh, you want many possibilities and the interesting thing is that you get those by choosing empathy over sympathy proactivity before reactivity and engagement over attendance so that is the idea so every time you take a step in that direction empathy over sympathy proactivity over uh, before reactivity and engagement over attendance you get more possibilities and then in the next step we would like to choose right and when you choose you do that more like more or less instantly it's not like uh, um, yeah it's it's an instant choice and when you have chosen uh, and when you do that you, you need some kind of a framework to map your <laughs> your decisions to and right now in the western world we don't have an ethical framework because right or wrong i don't know but when we took the the um, uh, religious religion out of the society we also took the framework for uh, for um, for decisions so this means that we need that and um, you're going to say something yeah i was thinking of um, what what i'm hearing lately is is often yeah we we shouldn't say flying is 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 good or bad i mean i mean we can talk about it from from a scientific scientific point of view and and sustainability point of view what are the effects of uh, flying but then when it comes to personal choice the kind of narrative that that i'm hearing is well it is up to the individual person to choose and we shouldn't interfere in the personal uh, choice of that person to make that decision and and that is what i think you're referring to is simply in the lack of having a an ethical framework uh, so we put all the responsibility on the individual person to make a choice but we don't equip the individual person with uh I with a ability to choose with the ability <laughs> to choose exactly mm. yeah, how do i make my choices actually in in which direction what is a preferred direction for choosing yeah and it's uh, it actually gets a little bit mean actually uh, to to uh, to say that to a uh, to a uh, person that you uh, now it's up to you but you don't have the ability to choose <laughs> so it's a um, what do you call it it's a kind of a no-no situation <laughs> yeah. yeah and and i think i see it most often you know when you think about big corporations mm. big big pharmacy or you know whenever there there is this direction of pushing the responsibility from a uh, societal level or from an organizational level to the individual um it seems for me almost like an excuse uh to not being responsible and therefore pushing the 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 ability to choose to the individual person mm. yeah but this is only done i think because the organization or the, or the society wants to get out of their Vic inability to mode. choose yeah inability and, and victim mode that uh, i mean as long as you uh, put in some kind of um, uh, guilt into the game uh, then it's a uh, guilt game <laughs> more or less uh, you have to um, uh, 
find find something to blame uh, and and uh, very often when we talk about responsibility it's uh, actually about uh, who to blame so yeah you got a point there uh, so moving on here um, is that to be able to choose them we need an ethical framework and uh, then we can use the ID model again we can use empathy over sympathy reactivity before reactivity and engagement over attendance and using those uh, as guiding principles there is the word uh, for our choices and let's say what that we now have chosen wisely and what do we then want we want the effect of that choice right we don't want them uh, anyone saying oh no did we do the right choice uh, the doubt uh, and uh, and so on so then we want the static part, then we can call it convergent, right? So, then the interesting thing here is, a, a, a very often used word is implementation. Um, but the implementation in the using the IDA model is already done, as you have already practiced those principles in the two first steps by opening up for possibilities and then when, you, when you're mapping your choices to your ethical framework, you use the same principles, and then it's time for the effect, and then you're used to, use <laughs> used to those principles, and, and then you get the effect more or less by default, I would say. So that is yeah, the, the fundamental parts of this model, um, and uh, when, when we look at it, it it's, uh, it's actually what we, what we are told here is that we shouldn't categorize people at all or organizations, but it is a language that can help us to uh, to identify where we should go. And also, uh, it, when we talk about consciousness level, it's very interesting because we have uh, then we have also uh, an, an ability to to choose the right uh, tools uh, and the right processes and the right models and the right whatever it is uh, concepts for for the system we work in. Yeah, and I mean, if you have carefully listened and, and watched our, our content over the weekend, I hope we made it clear that we never said we have the answer or this is the truth. What we always said is that there is a direction that is best for the world and here are different, as you said before, methods, tools, uh, ways to increase your resources, to increase your uh, ability to choose and in that way, guide yourself through intentional choices, conscious choices, into the direction that is best for the world. Yeah, that's right. And, and again, uh, if we look at this board, uh, we, we said a victim of circumstances, victim mode, or, and um, uh, here we said uh, creative mode or creative possibilities. We can use uh, some words for, for an organization also, so we know what we're looking for. So this is the um, someone else-ism, and this is the, um, what can we call it, creative, yeah, creative possibilities, but also a, a, a possible a possibility, a realm. And uh, you use those words, uh, best in the world and best for the world. So this is a, a, a direction of best in the world, uh, for the world, sorry, best for the world. So, and it includes, that this is the interesting thing, and, and now I, I'm going to do something you shouldn't do, and that is to say that you, you shouldn't have, uh, I shouldn't have done those rings in the first place, because it actually means that from this side, it includes what has already 
it's like this but now it gets messy you can also think of it just the opposite way but this is just for you who are interested in 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 uh, level of consciousness and consciousness consciousness uh, development and stuff like that but now I, you probably will see that uh, it it resembles what you have seen before the the thing in this uh, in this uh, model is that we actually introduce a new theory of causality and we connect that to a theory a new theory of choice and that is probably something we need right now in in the world a new theory of causality and a new theory of choice um, you're going to say something yeah I, I was just trying to maybe explain it with different words mm? uh, what you said and and because you spoke about a different model of causality and and what does this imply i think that implies for example that we looked at the world in this linear m way of of uh, cause and effect so it is at least uh, we have spoken also in this program of the kinefin framework so it is at least or at maximum a complicated way of looking at the world yeah. uh, so there's always cause and uh, effect and if I'm not aware of it, someone else is, and this is where expertise is required. I'm buying in external consultants, for example, to provide me helping to understand the causality. And and if we use the the, the little wood <laughs> for a while, uh, one could say that causality lies in in the green parts of the trees. Uh, so when you look at the the picture now, if you're a YouTuber, <laughs> and then. Uh, then the causality is in, in the green parts. So for the physical me, the causality is in, in the watts or in the crown. And for formal we, it's the causality is uh, in, in the watts and house. But that is not true because there is a greater causality again. It has the whole tree, but this is only what you believe are causalities. So the rest is called, uh, it could be called chance, random, um, yeah, if, if the work of gods, yeah, definitely the work of God, gods or, or magic, uh, things that you can't see the causality for. And as we go then into uh, creator mode, and now you also see there is all the same denominations in top of in, in this picture, the victim mode and the creator mode. And what we can also see that uh, that those uh, circles that we used in in, in the other drawing, um, we can actually put them up in in. I don't know if we can put them next to each other. Uh, I see if I can do that. There is some kind of. Uh, don't know how it works, but I just shift there, um, and when I do, you see that there are two circles again. Uh, that that is actually where you where you are in, in the woods, and and uh, looking at the right hand side, that is where we are as uh, the Western world right now, uh, here in 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 this. Uh, best in the world uh, paradigm and what we need to do is to work for what work for what is best for the world to move in this direction and we can also look at it as a uh, more or less continuous uh, there is continuity in, in both directions so it doesn't stop yeah, maybe it stops here uh, with death I don't I don't know but in the other uh, in the other direction uh, life creates life and this is where it gets really interesting because choosing also means 
yeah, when you choose, you actually choose. <laughs> that is the um, thing I want to say. That means if you choose over and over again, you get a habit, right? So uh, the higher order of a choice is a habit. And when you choose over and over again in this direction, it, it seems as our resources are drained. So that means that it, when we do that, the resources goes that uh, goes away, and w it will be harder and harder for us to see that there is another world. So actually, this is this is blacked out. So you, you actually uh, you don't have the ability uh, to 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 move in this direction actually. And what happens in in the other direction when you choose over and over again is that you gain you gain resources. So it actually gets easier and easier, and you can actually create such a setups here. Uh, that goes, we can call them life-affirming habits. So this is, in some sense, uh, a, um, a recipe to to work with this model. Can we set up design for uh, for life-affirming habits, and 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 then a higher order of habit is a paradigm. So I write that to. I don't know if it's paradigm. And we have been speaking about this whole weekend, about this paradigm shift that we're in. And then it gets very important. What kind of choices do we do? So this is actually what we wanted to share with you in, in this program, I guess. Is there anything else, Jens, you're thinking of that we haven't mentioned or that we should mention? Yeah, I was just trying to... to uh uh come to the to the end of my point and that it was the more you move into the direction that is best for the world it also seems that the world gets more complex and therefore um you are actually um not looking at the world anymore in in this line or cause and effect relationship but in a, in a very complex way where everything is affected again by your choice and then by your um, um, direction that you're moving in mm. so you're having an influence and again that that is something the notion of of non-duality here is what you choose what you bring into the room this has an effect on the whole so if you take care of yourself uh, if you are healthy if you are prepared uh, and and be in a healthy mental state, you are also creating the resources, but not only the resources for yourself, but you're also creating uh, a result for the whole. Mm. So actually, by improving yourself, you're increasing the whole as well. Yeah, and I can have a very physical example or mental example or whatever we call it. I can have an example. <laughs> uh, right now, you and I we have a dialogue, right? So I'm part of the dialogue. But the dialogue is also a part of me. So the only way that that could happen is that it's the same thing. So right now, I am the dialogue, and the dialogue is me. And that is actually what this whole um, ID models uh, implies, that you can't separate yourself. Self. You can't separate it. As soon as you do that, you lose, yeah, causality. You lose the effect of, of your choice, and you actually get uh, uh, you become a victim of circumstances. 
I have a question for you because we have been talking in the previous programs about um, the circular argumentation uh, of measuring the, uh, the external world with external environments. Um, you have said now that there are different uh, three different dimensions, empathy about before sympathy, proactivity before reactivity and engagement mm. over attendance. At the same time, you also said if you have to make a choice and based on your resources, you are actually choosing empathy, proactivity and engagement. Isn't So what I'm trying to say here is the result that you're looking for is empathy, proactivity and engagement yeah. and the choice mm -hmm. that you make is empathy, proactivity and engagement. Isn't that a loophole as well? No, it's not. Uh, it's actually the difference between uh, working with a goal and, and being on a journey. So um, that is uh, the difference here. Is uh, It's actually, again, the, the perception, uh, which is a perception shift from best in the world to best for the world. So it's actually different worldviews. In victim mode or, or best in the world worldview, uh, we have to have goals. Otherwise, we don't know how to know that we're going in the right direction. But in, in, in the creator mode, we have a journey that we're on. Um, you can actually... You can uh, see the journey almost like the, that you're out on a uh, what do you call it, a big quest, or uh, in Swedish we say aventure. Uh, what is the name of that? Adventure. Adventure. Maybe. Yes. Sorry, uh, you're on an adventure, and um, but there are guiding principles on this adventure, and when we look into uh, the bigger thought systems that we have had uh, previously in in the history of humanity, uh, it speaks its own language actually because it's. If you dig into them, you probably find uh, things that are very similar to, to what you have in, in front of you right now, the empathy, proactivity, and engagement. So this is maybe other words, but it's definitely the same direction, I would say. Uh, because if there is a, 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 a narrow road to follow, it has to lead somewhere. Mm. So what you're saying is, I think, also very congruent to complexity theory, is that you use organizing principles to guide your your sense making and and your decision making in when, yeah, yeah, in when you're not exactly yeah. know where you're going you you, the, you talk about heuristic uh, principles uh, mm -hmm. instead of uh, simplifying the system uh, as by reducing it we we have simple heuristic uh, principles or guiding principles so it's not a principle that you have to always follow um, so in most cases you follow it but there are of course uh, occasions uh, no, no, just look on your own life every day you do choices that put you either in this one or in, in the other direction so it doesn't have to be like right or wrong uh, the more uh, it's more about what do we practice and what uh, when as, as we practice it also opens up so when we practice a choice it opens up for new choices so that's the interesting thing here as you said working with empathy proactivity engagement leads to empathy proactivity and en engagement also mm. So let me try to give an example then and, and see if, if, if that's coherent with, with our language and, and if I have understood the principle behind it. Um, so my context is organizational development and if, for example, an organization wants to go into the direction of self-management and become you know self-organized at some point, the way of getting there has to then be self-organized as well, right? Yes. Okay, so it can't be 
I wouldn't say can't, but but I say. But it's very difficult to reach a state of self-organization if somebody is demanding and mm -hmm. controlling and, and project managing it. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But but on the other hand, we also know uh, uh, some interesting thing from from uh, psychology, for instance. Uh, uh, if you're happy, you laugh. But if you laugh, you get happy. So I wouldn't say it's uh, more difficult. Actually, I I don't know that. Uh, maybe it is. But if you ask me, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you you have some kind of an idea here, which I, I I see I see where you want to go, but I can't say that it is. I don't really know actually. Mm. But I, I definitely, it it in in terms of of uh, practicing, definitely because if you practice, uh, then it you 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 get what do you call it? you master things when you practice it. Mm. So and that's what you're saying. If you mm. practice empathy, proactivity, and engagement, and choosing it on a daily and and you know on a habitual basis then you will also end up as a result with empathy proactivity and Definitely. engagement but well, it's at least highly likely highly likely but at the same time um, this is where and uh, and both both an and comes in instead of either or nor and that is at the same time you're never more uh, uh, you're never farther away than a choice hmm. so it's um, if there is some duality in this, this is the duality in, in that case. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not called called duality, but it's uh, it's very interesting because, uh, as you say, you, you get better by practicing. That's something we know from from um, uh, from learning uh, um, theory and stuff like that. And yeah, you can just look at any any um, any sports uh, or any. Uh, yeah, any situation where you have to learn something, if you practice, you get better. Uh, so that is the the that is definitely true. But at the same time, uh, it's just a choice away. So, um, uh, and I would also say, depending on we have one of the topics that have also come up over and over again during this weekend is uh, competition uh, and together uh, working together uh, as a rule instead of competition as a rule. Um, we have had it in, in so many different shows here and, and uh, programs and um, if you look then at, at the ID model one could say that the victim mo uh, mode it's actually if you use the th words of uh, game game theory uh, you realize it's a um, it's a limited um, uh, what do you call it game board we have a set of rules you have to follow and uh, the 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 players are predefined, so it's like playing chess. So here is playing chess, right? And if you play chess and you say, "Oh, Stella, now you're checkmate," then I die, <laughs> and then it's over. Okay. So, and then on on this side, it's interesting because here it's we have an infinite game plan. Uh, players come and go, and uh, rules are made up. This means if we if we're taking the same board of chess, played it here, and then all of a sudden you say, Stellan, you're a checkmate. And I, then I would say, oh, lucky me then, my uh, my king can walk three uh, three levels up. <laughs> so I, I can actually change the rules, I can change the game plan itself. And I can also say, no, it wasn't even uh, chess we were playing, we were, we were playing whatever, or we didn't play at all. So... Game theory is also described within this model, I would say. And it, the interesting thing is that we are probably, concerning the game plan, 
we have been in an infinite game plan for maybe 50 years. But we still have players that are playing this, uh, this game where the, the purpose of this game is to win. The purpose of, of this game is to keep it going as, f as long as we can. And the problem is when we, we mix in, in this shift that we have been experiencing for many years actually, um, we realize there, there are only losers. So um, uh, the players that are go they, the, who, who play to win, they outplay uh, the ones that want to, to uh, keep it going as, as long as they can. So this is um, very interesting. And, and as we are now in, in the situation we are in the world, where the whole world is in sync, let's make the choices for, for the future and uh, make them now and, and make them best for the world. Hmm. And I would like to you know, invite um, the viewers and, and listeners to, to reflect uh, on... Have, can you re recognize this model or a direction in this model in, in, in the concepts that we have uh, been describing uh, and that have been uh, presented during the weekend? Um, for me, because it's just recently happened, is, is, uh, is the Enstart Atrivasi. Can you see which direction the approach... Uh, social, that is the social lab, the social innovation in lab. Sofas, yeah. Uh, earlier, yeah, that that is uh, described there. Can you recognize the empathy, proactivity, and engagement in in that approach? Can you see a direction? Um, one thing that is maybe very relevant to businesses is um, the creating business in the new paradigm. Uh, the radio intentional decision that you talked with uh, Pontus Riestert about how to uh, look at tools that we use on a daily basis from the lens of the new paradigm or as we say now the existing paradigm because we are already in it oh, okay so now you <laughs> new, new words here okay <laughs> that's cool okay hmm? emerging <laughs> the emerging paradigm the emerging paradigm can we look through through the tools that we currently use from a perspective of empathy, proactivity and engagement and what happens then? Do can, yeah, we, we can easily update them. That that was actually what Pontus Rüstet, who was here earlier, uh, said that now it's the time to update all those uh, because it, if we keep using the, uh, the previous versions of those tools, uh, it won't take us forward any longer. Exactly. Mm. So this is what I hope we have been showing the, the with that this model has been used or is applied uh, even though some people have not directly used it uh, or consciously used used it or maybe have used a you know a different version uh, and not exactly these words the direction that we are speaking about that is di best for the world is i think can be seen in most of the examples that we have uh, presented during the weekend Yes, and I, I would say uh, the same, and I also would uh, like to invite more of you uh, out there in the world to um, to contact us uh, and to to connect with uh, other tools you have that are uh, speaking the same language, maybe other models. We know that uh, the intentional decision model is uh, congruent with uh, different uh, already known models. For instance, in the in the Buddhistic. Um, concept there is one called uh, um, 10 levels of consciousness I think it is or 10 yeah 
ten levels of life. Uh, 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 yeah, I can't read really the uh, the English uh, wordings there, but and there is also uh, a Vedic uh, which uh, Vedic model that is part of the. Um, yeah, the the fundamentals for for spiral dynamics leading to to um, to Richard Barrett's um, uh, seven levels of consciousness, uh, which is also connecting to existing models as Maslow uh, hierarchical uh, need theory pyramid, and um, we also know that there are more uh, thought models in this direction, um, and that can be explained. Uh, you were going to say something here. Yes, uh, since you were struggling a little bit with finding the, the right words, uh, mm -hmm. you have been written this book, Medved um, Naval, which is uh, basically explaining the model. All and uh, you, ha the book is, unfortunately, I would say, for, for most <laughs> of the people out there, only in Swedish available. Mm. Uh, and that is why we are also looking for uh, people who can help us translate yeah, this. Yeah, and, and collaborate maybe in, in publishing uh, the book uh, in, in various languages. Yes, mm. exactly. And uh, there is already a leaflet existing. Yeah, a shorter booklet uh, with the first three chapters, I guess it is. Uh, uh, it's called An Intentional Story of Intent. So uh, we took the two first chapters describing the model and then we added a pre-chapter to get some kind of a story connected to it and um, uh, yeah we, we actually struggled with it because uh, you should know that this kind of models um, are uh, are must be seen from the context that you are in that is the I historic of ideas that you are a part of so by just translating it to 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 english made us uh, we, we really had to put ourselves in in the in that um, context uh, that uh, I, uh, histor historic uh, of ideas that goes for the in this case it's the British English um, uh, story mm. that has to be uh, it's seen from that type of uh, context yeah so what we're asking here is uh, context for uh, or collaboration on the direction that we would like to take let's put it like this our intention here is to publish an English version of that book uh, and therefore we are looking for uh, collaborators as you said with a understanding of the context British English context that exists currently yeah, or American English maybe it, mm. it doesn't really matter but at least English <laughs> uh, but it could also be other languages so if you're a publisher or you have good context or, or you want to invest in, in the in the publishing of this book uh, we see it as, as a collaborative uh, possibility and uh, the um, uh, the booklet, Intentional Story of Intent, is actually an open source right now, so you can download it. Uh, you uh, you type in bit.ly, it's uh, some kind of a service, bit.ly, and then um, uh, slash Intentional Decisions. Yes, and we have also posted it as in at the background at our website, bestforthe.world. Uh, you find the description, uh, video, uh, and the booklet under background. Thank you very much for uh, for both listening and viewing. And we will end this session and in a, hopefully in, in a couple of maybe not minutes, but we have to take a little break to, to drink something. We will also have the concluding uh, remarks and the reflection of, of this whole weekend here in, in this sofa. So um, yeah, stay tuned and uh, thank you so far.
are competing in We are repeating in We are believing in It's time for us to shift our mind From best in the world to best for the world Make decisions intentional To take decisions intentional Making decisions intentional Making decisions intentional Making decisions intentional It creates a new world to mind a shift Intentionality Perceptuality Conceptuality We are choosing to shift our mind To best for the world Best for our world Make decisions intentional Making decisions intentional Make decisions intentional To take decisions intentional Making decisions intentional